You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. What up, Grace Church? Hope you guys are doing well. Man, we're, we're going to uh, just jump right in into a passage from Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, Tim ended in uh, uh, verse 14, but we're going we're gonna to work through a passage today. We're going to work through a passage today that, that should help us cultivate a view of God that is, that is so exciting, that is so breathtaking, that is, that is so glorious that we should have a response. We, we should have a response, and our, our goal, we'll get to that response, but our goal right now is for you to have a sense of awe, a sense of wonder about, about God, and the only way I'm going to help you get a sense of wonder about who he is is probably through my futile efforts of trying to describe him, like trying to describe God, and the, the reason why they are futile probably is because I'm incapable I'm incapable of communicating and producing any useful result without the Spirit of God, right? We're going to get to our little response a a little bit later, but right now what, what this series is about and what you need to know is life is all about Him. Life is all about Him. It always has been. It always will be. It is completely all about Jesus, and so we're going to start in verse 15, and, and before, before we actually put it on the screen, we're, we're going to read 15 through 23, okay? And just listen. It's not going to be on the screen. We'll get to that, but, but just listen. If you're watching online, just make sure uh, in our live locations, we'll probably stand. If you feel prompted to stand where you are, stand for the reading of God's Word. We'll just start in verse 15. It says, Therefore... I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I just pray that we would, we would get a knowledge of you that our view of you would expand so much that we couldn't do anything except love you and worship you and praise you because you are above all and that you are supreme, the pinnacle of everything, God. 
you are all, and I pray that we would just live like it. I pray that this text that we read would, would move us to love you more. I pray all these things in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right, so let's hop in verse 15, and we're just going to work verse by verse. Verse 15, it says, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Right at the beginning we have therefore. Anytime you read the word therefore, you find out what it is there for. And so right before in verse 14 that Tim read last week, it says therefore because you have the spirit, because you have the spirit which is the earnest of our inheritance. It's what we, we get until he comes to redeem us. Right? That means he, he, has, uh, he is saying you have faith and love because you have the Spirit. Right? You have the Spirit and you can love others. You can have affections for others. And it doesn't matter if they're black, white, Asian. It doesn't matter. It's all saints. You can have love for all of them. It's sad that I even have to qualify that, but it is the current cultural context that, that we are living in. And the only thing that can that can reunite and heal and love is that love through Christ and Christ alone. Otherwise, there's going to be conflict forever. But you read verse 15, and the priority here is that, that it, we don't start with loving others first. We, we start with trust and faith and love in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then we move to supernaturally loving others, and, and eventually it becomes a natural occurrence because we're loving God all the time. We're starting with faith in Christ, and then we move over to, to loving others. That's why this whole thing, it all begins. It all begins with faith in Jesus. It all begins with faith in Christ and Him alone. Verse 16, this is, uh, he, he goes on to say, okay, we have love for all the saints, and I do not cease. I do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. He's about to pray, right? This is a prayer, man. This is what I love about Paul. This is what the Paul wrote this. He, he, the apostle Paul, he's just so very personal, and he, he was insanely gifted. He was uniquely prepared to do what God would have him do. And he slows down. And he loved the, the people of Ephesus. It wasn't just not like a cognitive exercise to write this letter, but, but he's saying, I'm writing my prayer to you, and I'm hearing from God, and I'm going to tell you something that you need. He serves up this incredible example this incredible example, and this is what it sounds like, verse 17. Here's his prayer for them. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Right? God is the giver of these things. God is the giver of wisdom. He is the giver of knowledge. He is the giver of revelation, right? He gives us wisdom or the skill to know him. He gives us the knowledge of him, the recognition, the discernment, the acknowledgement that he is God. He gives it to us. And then he gives us this revelation where he's revealing himself. He's showing who he is to us. 
that are all given by God because he wants us to know him. Right, The earth and the sky declare the glory of God. His handiwork is shown in the earth because he wants us to know him. He is showing himself to us. Why? Verse 18. He's showing himself to us so that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? He is saying, see him, like see me. See, when when you see him, you, you and we have hope. And it's it's the hope in the calling of Christ, that that Christ is calling us, and not only is he calling us, but he's saying, you're going to have an inheritance too. You're going to have an heirship. You're going to have a possession inheritance, and I am that inheritance. My, My personal favorite definition of inheritance, listen to this. It's the eternal blessedness of the consummation, the consummated kingdom of God which is to be expected after the visible turn of Christ. It is the share, just like a stock, a share that you buy, which an individual will have that eternal blessed hope. We will have, let me, let me say this simple terms right here. We will have eternal happiness, but it's only found in Christ Jesus. See, he, right, right here, he's saying, open the eyes of your understanding. Like, open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart. Give me deep thought. Give me a mind. Give me a way of thinking. Give me a desire, a hope. Give me a hope of eternal life that's expected in Christ. Right? This, this passage should, like, make us feel something. Like, we should feel something from this passage. That's why it's a prayer That's why he says, like, see Jesus, because we're supposed to long for him. We're supposed to have affections for him. See, he is calling you. He's he's calling me, and it's such a a hopeful calling. Like, it's a a hope-filled, blood-bought, loving feeling that is pushing us towards Jesus, and it should push us towards him. Uh, you know, I'm not a big uh, versions guy. I usually just stick with what we use around here, which is typically the New King James. But, but listen to what the, the New Living Translation says about the eyes of your understanding. He, he, right here, the New Living Translation, it says it in a creative way. It says, your heart will be flooded with light. Like your heart will be flooded with light because he wants to reveal to you, not just with your eyes, just not with your logic and reason, but he wants to flood your feeling, your emotions, your mind, your will, your soul with who he is. And it only comes from God. That's our next point. God gives you wisdom and spiritual understanding. Like this should make us feel something. It should make us feel something, and someday our minds and our logic and our reason, it has to align with our hearts we, we, where we actually feel it. You know, I came from a, a tradition that said, like, man, feelings, they are evil, they are horrible, you can never trust in them, and you know, I, I get that. I get it. I don't want to place my trust in my feelings, but have you ever read the Psalms, for goodness sakes? 
Have you ever read the Psalms where like God is saying like, hey, you can discover joy and acceptance and grace and you have to have grit sometimes and there's a place of love that you can experience. Yeah, yeah, you know, love, love is a feeling. And yeah, people say, oh, it's a choice. But is it possible to feel his embrace? Like, is it possible to feel the embrace of God? And I want with all my heart to venture to say, yes, we can, we can feel his embrace. And it all starts with the knowledge of God that is given to us, the knowledge of wisdom and understanding that is shown to us only through the finished work of Jesus. Later on in Ephesians, this is called the unsearchable riches of Christ. Like the unsearchable riches that he's giving to us. And here's some of the unsearchable, searchable riches. It's sort of a double negative, right? We've got these unsearchable riches that he tells us to go search for. We're searching for his unsearchable riches that he wants to show us. So it's verse 19, listen to this. It says, in what? You get the eyes of understanding so you can see what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the work, the working of his mighty power. Because of his power, his power works. Right? It is his power because of his power, and it is by his power that his power is shown. And the following description is his power. Verse 20. This is the result of his power. It says, which, my, his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. You know the difference between Christianity and every other religion? It doesn't matter. You name any of them. Tell me where the body is. Do you see the body? Can you find the body? Can you find the bones? You can't find the bones because his mighty power, the mighty power of God the Father showed up and it took Jesus in the grave dead and resurrected him back to life where he ascended and he is at the right hand of God forever. See, God, God is overwhelmingly, supernaturally powerful. Far above anything. That's what the verse 21 says. It says, far above his power is far above all principalities. Any, any hierarchies, it's above that. And any power, it's above that. Any choice that you're given, his power is above any of those choices. And his might, his strength, his miracles are above that. In dominion, any boss you have, his power is above that. In every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come, his name has always been great. It will always be great. It is the name above all names, and it is to be praised. And he knows all the hundreds of billions of names before, and he will know any of the names before, and he currently knows all eight billion names. He knows them, he knows them by name, and it's not hard for him. 
He knows all the names to come. He establishes the mountains. He is clothed with power. He stills the noise of the seas. He makes the noise of the waves. He gives people their voices. He is powerful. And if that is not enough, look at verse 22. And he put all things under his feet, all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. It doesn't get any higher than this. It doesn't get any higher than this. And somehow, somehow, the collective we, the collective we of the church are part of this. He, he does his work. He does his work through the gathering of believers. He allows us to be a part of his making of his power. He allows us to be part of his power being known in all of the earth. And he is working in and through us as we speak with our kids, with our families, with our neighbors, with the people that we work with. Did you notice he's not asking us to do anything in this passage? Did you ever notice that? He's not asking for us to do anything in this passage. There's there's like, what's the action of this passage? Like, what shall we do because of this passage? There is no do this or, or do that. And so often we want three steps, right? We want three steps to knowing God's power. Or we want the, the belief system, or we want the process, or we want the concentric circles. You know what I'm saying? Well, some of us want the concentric circles, not, not all of us, but more often than not, we don't want those concentric circles, but, but we want the three-step plan. But, but right now, here's our response right here. Our response is we should see his power and how he's done all these things that I'm going to list here in just a second. And, and what we should do is we should just bow down and worship. Because of this passage, because of this passage, he is explaining how he has great power, he has mighty power, he raised Christ, he's in heaven, he is the overarching chief above all things, he is above power, might, and dominion, and he is the name, the greatest name that ever was and ever will be, and it is a prayer for us just to bow down and and worship. See, when, when we see and savor God, we can't do anything except bow down. And we can't do anything except obediently bow down with joy and with gladness to worship our King. Our response is supposed to get, to be, uh, to, to get down and low and bow down and worship this King. Right, what is worship? Worship, worship is, is the kiss of the hand. It's literally in... in in Bible times, it was, it was meant for them to get down on their knees, but not only on their knees, but they were supposed to get their foreheads on the ground because they were saying, I have so much reverence for this person. I'm going to get down. I'm going to fawn. I'm going to crouch. I'm going to worship. I'm going to love. It, it, it's similar to, to a dog licking its master's hand. to kiss the hand of the one in token of reverence. See, people that know God worship him. People that know God worship him. Have you ever met somebody that just that knows God? I think of some of my infectious friends, and I wish this was, was sadly, it is 
it's not enough. We don't meet people enough that just like know him. I think of my friend Steve Baker. We were in Spain with him and, and man, he just loved God. You could just, he was just trying to know him more and more every day. I think of this guy that, that uh, I grew up in this intimate, independent fundamental Baptist church and his name was Frank Fonville. Frank, Frank Fonville was so infectious. I, I just loved him. It, it was said that he memorized the whole New Testament. And he, he would, uh, you would find him often, like at the doctor's office, or maybe uh, his wife was shopping. You know those guys, the old guys that their wives sort of shop, and, and, and the, the, he was an old-timer, loved him to death, but he was the old-timer that, that sat down while his wife was shopping. And you would see him and be like, hey, what's up, Frank? What, what are you doing? And he used to say this. He, he would say, you can't kill time without injuring eternity. So when he was sitting down, he was just constantly trying to know God more. That's why he memorized the majority of the New Testament. So he memorized all that scripture because he wanted to know God more. And then not only that, but he used to go to state fairs. He would travel around to state fairs all over. He would set up a booth and he would just share Jesus. He probably led thousands upon thousands of people to Christ. And it all started with knowing and just loving God. I think about it, some of our partners. We've got a, a, a young couple in northern Iraq, and we've got a not-so-young couple in northern Iraq, and both of them, they just talk about God differently. They, they talk about him differently. They, they talk about him like he's so magnificent and so glorious and so personal. Do you know him like that? Do you know him like that? Do you know this power? Right? This, this should aid, when we get a view of him that is so great, it should aid us in singing, like in singing with confidence and belief in Christ and his power. Would we stop settling? Would we stop settling for less than God? That God's power, right? God's power should move us to worship him. Will you worship him? Like, will you count him as supreme above all things? Will you trust in him as your savior, the one that will actually save your soul? Will you bow down? Will you surrender to him? Because he is the one that deserves it all because it is all about him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would speak to your people right now. That you would open their hearts of understanding, that they could receive how you are powerful, and that how all of this begins with faith in your Son and your Son alone. God, thank you for your Spirit that opens our eyes. God, give us a glimpse of who you are so, so people that are not saved will be saved. And people that are already saved, followers of Jesus, would grow in their knowledge of you and that they would see and they would savor this incredible view of who you are and that they would worship you all the days of their life. We love you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.